Hi, this is Christian Kuhn of Urban Village Church in the Chicago area. Welcome to this sermon podcast from Urban Village. I'm glad you've been able to join us for these. I hope they are helpful for you, especially for those of you who are unable to get out uh, to worship or not feeling ready yet to, to get out to worship in person. We're starting a new sermon series here at Urban Village about uh, with a puzzle a theme and metaphor, and I'll talk about that in a second. But first, let me read the passage that we will be reflecting on today. This comes from the book of 1 Samuel, and it tells the story of how Samuel came to be. So this is chapter 1, verses 4 through 20. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to his wife Peninnah and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. Her rival used to provoke her severely to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore Hannah wept and would not eat. Her husband, Elkanah, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? After they had eaten and drunk at Shiloh, Hannah rose and presented herself before the Lord. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept, and wept bitterly. She made this vow, O Lord of hosts, if only you will look on the misery of your servant and remember me, and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a male child, then I will set him before you as a Nazarite until the day of his death. He shall drink neither wine nor intoxicants, and no razor shall touch his head. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying silently, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, How long will you make a drunken spectacle of yourself? Put away your wine. But Hannah answered, No, my Lord, I am a woman deeply troubled. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation all this time. Then Eli answered, Go in peace, and God, the God of Israel, grant the petition you have made to him. And she said, Let your servant find favor in your sight. Then the woman went to her quarters, ate and drank with her husband, and her countenance was sad no longer. They rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord. Then they went back to their house at Ramah. Elkanah knew his wife Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. In due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I have asked him of the Lord. May God's blessing be on the reading, hearing, and living out of this word. I think I may have mentioned, perhaps in a sermon last week, uh, that I it's been a somewhat busy wedding season uh, for me this late summer and fall. I did my officiated my third wedding last weekend. This was officiating my cousin's wedding back in a small town in southeast Iowa. <clears throat> and afterward, uh, we went to the reception and had dinner and had a great time dancing. And uh, one of the things, I guess I should have, now that I think about it, I should have made this request. Sometimes, especially growing up in the state of Iowa, whenever you go to a wedding, one of the things that you do is to dance the hokey pokey. There are lots of line dances these days, and that's about as old school a line dance as you can get. 
Uh, sadly, there was no hokey pokey. We did a couple of other things that one does when going to a wedding, at least in our family, but there was no hokey pokey. Perhaps, however, you remember or have done the hokey pokey at some point in your life, and so you know it well. When I preach this in front of the congregation, I am going to perhaps ask them to join with me in doing a little bit of the hokey pokey, where you put your right hand in, your right hand out, right hand in, right hand out, shake it all about, and then your left hand in, out, right foot, left foot, head. Sometimes you put your behind in. But at the very end of the song, we are told you are to put your whole self in, whole self out, whole self in, Shake it all about. Do your hokey pokey. Do the hokey pokey. Turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. Well, I mentioned that we are doing a new sermon series uh, with a focus on what does it mean to be stewards of the gifts God has given to us. Uh, This is that time of the year when many churches will talk about how we give financially to the church, though I'm not talking specifically about that today. I want to go about talking about this in a different way and what it means to put our whole selves in. And as I noted earlier, also this is in correlation to the metaphor that we're using around puzzle pieces, talking about that every piece, every piece matters. And so we have actually mailed puzzle pieces to folks in the church. And the hope is that we will put uh, puzzles together at each of our sites at Urban Village to show people that indeed every piece matters. Everything everything we offer matters to God. And that also means that we put our whole selves in in our faith life. Well, today we're focusing on this story about Hannah. So a little bit about Hannah. We read at the beginning of this passage that she is a woman married to this man named Elkanah, who also has another wife. He is identified as, quote, a certain man, unquote, in verse one. That's a little bit before today, or the passage that I read today, uh, also in those first couple, three verses, we read about his long genealogy that may give us a hint that this is a a prominent man, but his other wife is this woman named Peninnah. Now, Hannah is struggling on all kinds of levels that we're reading for the vast majority of this passage. First of all, of course, we read that she is unable to conceive And there are lots of reasons we can imagine, especially for those of us who have struggled with infertility, why this must be very painful for her, emotional, her own emotional well-being. She she wants to have children, and her inability to do so has made this very hard. And then in addition, for a woman in this society to not be able to conceive, to not be able to offer this quote-unquote gift to her husband also meant that she would have been looked down upon in society. So there's also that uh, societal baggage that she's having to deal with. And then there's also some of the practical things. She doesn't have, well, she has zero support system at all. The text tells us that this other wife, Penina of uh, Elkanah, she is not supportive. In fact, it says in one of the verses that Penina would provoke her severely, kind of taunting her for not being able to conceive. So, of course, this exacerbates things. And then Elkanah, not the most helpful partner in the world, especially with his line where he, when he says to Hannah, why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than 10 sons? As if to kind of say, hey, you got me. What else would you want? 
which may be one of the worst things that a partner could say to somebody else. And then later on, Eli, perhaps her a priest, her, her pastor, later on accuses Hannah of being drunk. Hannah has zero support system here. <laughs> and so what she's left with perhaps is her relationship with God. And so we read that she goes to the temple and she lays it all out to God. She wants to offer her husband a child, but instead she offers something else. Again, verse nine and ten, verses nine and ten. After they had eaten and drunk at Shiloh, Hannah rose and presented herself before the Lord. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. Hannah offers her whole self to God in that moment. And that whole self includes bitter tears. I think sometimes one of the struggles for us in the faith community is thinking about and reflecting on how do we present ourselves. So first of all, for those who belong to a church or part of a faith community, that's a struggle because sometimes, and maybe you grew up in a faith tradition like this, that you would come with your quote-unquote Sunday best, which meant the clothing you would wear. But I think sometimes more than a few faith communities throughout the years also meant that you had to come with your Sunday best, meaning you had to come showing that you've got it all together, that you are obeying every little law of God, that you are a shiny, happy Christian, that you have got it all worked out. And then, of course, because of that reputation that churches have, thinking that churches expect that, that people come to the faith community, come in having it all worked out, that meant that folks who aren't part of a faith community, and maybe that's you, have that belief that if I want to go and visit a church or at least at my toe in a faith community, that means I have to have my stuff all worked out too. And who among us has their stuff worked out? None of us. And so understandably, those who aren't a part of a faith community think, mm, I guess a church is not for me because I believe me, I have so many more questions than I have answers. And yet I think, and I hope, and I believe God too wants us to offer our whole selves, which means offering our whole selves, which means offering the times that we weep bitter tears, the times that we struggle, the times that we ask the big questions. That's what I think one of the things that Hannah shows us in this passage. It's one of the reasons why we at Urban Village offer a time of testimony, and we really encourage people, and sometimes it takes time, especially if it's a new faith community, for people to feel comfortable doing so. But over the years that we have offered testimony, people, thanks be to God, have been able to come up and share that they are not at their Sunday best. People have come up and talked about their struggle with addiction. People have come up and talked about the affairs that they have had in their marriage. People have come up and talked about the doubts that they have. They're not really sure they believe in God. All of this on top of many other things. They have come up and shared. They are offering their whole selves. And I'm grateful for that because I think that's what God wants from us. God wants us to give of our whole selves. 
And I think this can be a foundation. So in this sermon series, when we are talking about stewardship and and what to give, there is a practical component, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in my sermon next week, but we talk about money and finances. I was reminded reading another book today that Jesus talks more about money than Jesus talks about prayer. So if you're uncomfortable talking about money at church, on the one hand, I totally get it. But if you're at all curious about Jesus, that's one part of Jesus that we have to deal with. Jesus talked about money. And so there's the practical part, like how much of what I earn or what I receive, how much do I give to the church, to God and so on? So there's that practical component. But I think even before we have that conversation, we should ask ourselves, how much should I give to God? How much of my life should I give to God? And it's a hard thing, but I I think God wants all of it. God wants all of who we are, the good, the bad, the presentable, the things that we keep hidden away, all of it. And this is what we see so beautifully portrayed in this story of Hannah. She offers all of herself. She weeps bitterly. We don't know what she says, but or we know partly what she says, but I'm sure there are some other things too, like what's going on here in my life? What do you offer to God? One of my uh, favorite stories of an urban village uh, member comes from, I've told this I haven't story, told the story at Urban Village West yet, but um, uh, a woman named Laura Hug who goes to our Wicker Park site. Uh, Laura, among other things in her life, is a stand-up comedian and uh, shared this really uh, wonderful story about a time when she did a particular kind of stand-up. Now, Laura has kind of talked about how she sees her part at Urban Village is to be a different, very different kind of evangelist, which I love and embrace. And so she talked about this time when she was doing stand-up at a club and the theme of this, or the night was called Strip Joker. And so it combines, this is a description, it combines nudity and stand-up comedy for a new perspective on body positivity acceptance and humor in Chicago. So that's what we're dealing with here, what Strip Joker is all about. Uh, And so Laura that night was the headliner. And so uh, she went up and I'm going to read, this is part of what she wrote to me several years ago about that performance. You know, sometimes when I preach, I like to kind of, I don't want to necessarily just read from a script, but this is so good. I'm going to read. This is what Laura wrote uh, about her experience of Strip Joker that night. She said, I was the headliner, so there were seven other performers before me who ranged in comedic talent, age, race, gender, identification, states of undress, points of view about their bodies, and quote, attractiveness, unquote. Again, this is Laura talking. Now I have a strong belief in and love for God, but I have a very volatile relationship with my own body. And I loathe displaying myself even in even a swimsuit. But I want to do what other people do, so I want to be free, so that is why I took the gig. I wanted to walk through the fear of bearing myself. And I am really funny. That's why they booked me. And because maybe I am more of an affirming person than I realized. So when I got down to my final layer, and I'm standing there in my bra and underwear from the Delta Burke collection... 
I said, this might be a good time to tell you about my church. And I got huge laughs. And then I told them that we're always looking for new ways to evangelize to millennials, and this is what I had to do. Afterward, a few people talked to me about their issues with parents, religious abuse, a lot of stuff, and one of them told me she was looking for a, quote, hippie church, unquote, so maybe we'll see her at Urban Village. It was an awesome experience for me. It was only recently that one of my beloved peers, smelly, alcoholic God-hater that he is, called me religious, and I was stunned. He did not say it with any offense, but matter-of-factly. Anyway, I never thought I was religious, because I'm not pushy about it. Well, I'm pushy, but not about faith. What a lesson, and what a gift, though, because he gave me a piece of my own identity, and who couldn't use that on top of everything else? I'm religious. And that's where I'm going to end quoting Laura. There are lots of reasons why I love this story, but one of them is I think it does a good job of showing somebody who is doing her best to give her whole self, literally in this case, her whole self to God. So there's the physical aspect of this in this performance, but it's also her own vulnerability. It's putting herself out there, letting the world know this is who she is, religious among other things. And so I'm always inspired when I think about Laura and when I then ask myself, am I giving my whole self to God and all aspects of my life? And that includes, which I'll again talk about more next week, in my finances. And it also gets to this sermon series that we're talking about, Every Piece Matters. Not just every piece of the community, but every piece of ourselves matters. It all makes up a whole, a whole that God loves passionately, unreservedly. So maybe the question is for you, when you think about your own faith life, are you kind of doing, or I should say, what part of the hokey pokey are you doing? Do you put just a little bit of yourself in? If you're brand new to the faith journey, I totally get that. And I say, even if you put just one hand in, and then maybe you feel like I need to take my hand out again, shake it all about, Wherever you're starting, that's great, but I hope that you can get to the point at the end of that song where you are putting your whole self in, not just with money too, but with all parts of who you are in your life, presenting yourself before God, God, this is me, warts and all. That's what it's all about. And I hope that can be the case for you in your own faith life too. Amen. Well, friends, thank you so much for listening. I have been forgetting at the end of this podcast to make a little plug for this new site at Urban Village. This is our fifth site out in the near western suburbs. And so we worship at 10 o'clock every Sunday out in River Forest, Illinois at 7970. If you are curious, I hope you can join us out that way. If you want to know more, feel free to email me, christian at urbanvillagechurch.org. I'm happy to Uh, talk to you, share more about it. But even if you have no plans at all, maybe you live in a different part of the country, wherever it is, uh, just if you need some spiritual support, if you want to talk more about what I've been reflecting on, feel free to email me and I would love to uh, talk with you as well. And so, friends, until the next time that we're together, may the peace of Christ be with you. First in my heart, great God of